2: To the death we are sold
3: Bard's logic, political talk, part of the conservative conversation. Uh, sorry been away off and on folks uh, with the show, but I have been helping a local uh, candidate with her campaign. Uh, she's running against a political class uh, establishment candidate, so I would like to see her get uh, elected. So, I've been working on her campaign. Uh, we were going to do a show last week, but I have to postpone it to this week due to Uh, Power outages due to the storms. We're here uh, tonight. Uh, Unfortunately, we won't be able to do the show next week because I just happen to be doing our family vacation in Gatlinburg next week. But then we will have a special edition on Monday, July 25th. Uh, We will be uh, interviewing and having a discussion with the Arizona senatorial Republican candidate, Carrie Lake. So she's a Trump endorsed uh, candidate for of uh, the Republican primary in Arizona. And again, that's going to be a special edition Monday uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, on the 25th, and I, I'll put that in the description as well. But let's go ahead and get right to it. We're going to welcome jo- uh, Dr. Tolbert. It's glad. To, it's good to have you back on. Uh, glad to see you. it's been a while. How you been?
1: Thank you, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you in the grace and the glory of God It's been a busy one year, and um, I'm going to let you open it, and then we'll go from there Thank you, Robert
3: Well, I appreciate it. yeah, well, we're going to talk about the, your, your book, Systematic Theology of the Spiritual Eye, uh, Volume 2 uh, It's in the book here, oh, I see a typo, I normally catch my typos uh, it's going to talk about the systematic theology is a discipline of Christian theology that formulates an orderly, rational, and a coherent account of the doctrines of the Christian faith It addresses issues such as what the Bible teaches about certain topics and what is true about God and his universe. Now, I remember one time uh, my family and I were going through some things, Dr. Tolbert, and I still have a picture here with this saying that you put on it, and uh if, Let me read it here. I don't have my other other glasses on, to be honest. But it says, uh, whatever holds your focus is what you'll see in your future. Control your thoughts with vision. If you are constantly focused on the last chapter of your life, you'll never be able to live the next. I decree your next will look nothing like your last. And I really took that to heart, Dr. Tolbert, uh, on a number of things. And recently, if we have time and you'd like to hear it, I had some interesting events that uh, happened in my life uh, that, you know, made me take another look, frankly, at Christianity. Uh, as people know, I was the resident uh, pagan here on the show for most of the program, uh, but I'm taking another look at uh, Christianity after those events, and, and perhaps we'll have some time On the show, but I don't want to take uh, away any time you've got uh, to talk about your book tonight.
1: Yeah, let's let's get into the word word vision. In 1999, I wrote Walking Your Vision, and in volume one, there's actually 100 pages and 87 articles of Walking Your Vision, and people don't understand what it means to focus. Focus is to follow one course until successful. So each one of us are not being focused. We're not walking our vision because we don't know what the book of Habakkuk is, and we don't know how to speak to what we call God, uh, in the Trinity, and how to have a conversation and then write down, okay, what is my assignment? So one of the things taught in volume one, which is still systematic theology through the spiritual eye, walking your vision uh, University, is about teaching people to find out who they are, what is their assignment. And we go back to when I was 17, and I had a choice, going to jail or going into the Army, and I was a high school dropout. And I served 22 years in the military. I was a Vietnam veteran. I went up for uh, sergeant major. I went through the schools. Uh, I was an E-8. Uh, I, they wanted me to spend two more years in 1981, and I said, no, I'm done. So instead of taking and becoming an E-9, I, I left as an as an E-8. And after that, I was uh, doing motivational speaking. And after motivational speaking, uh, someone said, do you think you can sell airplanes? And so for 20 years, I sold multimillion-dollar airplanes. 1999, God said, I have a vision for you. So in 2001, I'd I'd already finished my bachelor's with University of uh, Maryland in uh, 1981, but in 1999, 2001, I went and did my master's in theology. I did my master's in education, and then I became the first student at Nova University that was not a certified teacher to get a doctorate degree in educational leadership. So you take... These things, and as you know, uh, Robert, uh, I ran for president in 2012. I ran for the U.S. I ran for governor in 2014, uh, 2016 senator, 2018 senator. I had people come to me, and I ran for the vice president in 2020. So when we look at book number one, and 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 which, if you go to calltoduty.org, www uh calltoduty.org, you'll see a web link to the um, Christian University, uh, excuse me, uh, public publishers, uh, Christian faith publishers, and the book has been out one year. It's in Barnes and Nobles. It's on uh, Amazon. It's doing a lot of things. When we got finished with this book, uh, I started doing my second book. And the relevancy of the second book is everything that you and I would get into is the Constitution, uh, the preparation, uh, your assignment. Uh, how do you follow it? So doing talk shows with you for until last year and doing talk shows with Sally, it was really about the electors and about the violations of the Constitution. So back in 2015-16, I submitted uh, letters to presidents uh, of the United States. I did it in 2016 uh, to Trump. Uh, I did it to the Congress. I I did it to the Supreme Court. Well, which two letters happened to be in the book on Chapter uh, 19 and Chapter 21? Well, Chapter 19, the Supreme Court ruled several weeks ago concerning education, schools, Christian eligibility, and how they should also be protected. And this was a a challenge by the uh, people in the state of Maine. And this opened where the Supreme Court said that the equality of receiving funds should be done in parochial and public schools equally. The second one was Chapter 21, of the new book. And this one is Roe versus Wade. And we actually wrote Trump and we wrote Supreme Court and we wrote Congress letters of the violation of the Constitution. We're not taking position whether one agrees or doesn't agree. What we did in the book is we start out with the Constitution that the federal government had no rights. Therefore, Roe versus Wade should not have been a Uh, article of the Congress saying that you can or you cannot do something. It belonged to the state. So the state had to put it in their amendment, and they had to make the decision. That's exactly what happened with the Supreme Court. They came to the ruling that it did not belong to the federal government. So in Chapter 21, we go through the procedures, we go into the health, We go into the rights of the uh, individual, the man and woman, and we get into that. The the big thing is when you look at chapters of of these books is that we're in 45 of 195 countries right now. So if you look at Pakistan, the lowest Christian uh, population of all 195 countries is the country of Pakistan. We currently are teaching a lot of pastors and Christians, and we actually sent a PDF file to Pastor uh, Atif in uh, Pakistan, and the book was translated uh, to their language, Urdu. And then we found a person in Kenya, Africa, Pastor Julius, and we sent him it. and there's 54 countries in Africa, so Julius is going to be heading... Uh, the premier of Africa and um, a will be heading Syria, India and other countries. We're then opening up uh, Cambodia, Thailand, uh, we're opening up South America. So the book that we're writing, even though sometimes differentiates from the political standpoint, it lays the basis. So volume one is not an individual issue with any country. Volume two is going to be focusing uh, on the issues that some countries would have 90% of, but the difference of the Constitution. For an example, uh, in there it says, uh, what does the Constitution say about Sharia law? Uh, What does the Constitution say about uh, uh, issues uh, that are not known by people? uh for an example uh what's what why is god being brought up in the constitution and uh the verses of secular religion versus um the word religion itself so all these factors that we're doing in this new book and we've got a couple it's been uh just finished publishing the edited, editing uh was just done this last um uh, Couple of weeks, and it's now going to be on the table where people can buy it. I believe I sent you the PDF file, correct? Yes. Yeah, and and keep that, you know, for a reason to yourself. But it's a good thing to read. Uh, it is it is uh, over a 600 page uh, book versus uh, the first one of 300 pages, and we're getting into areas uh, where you hand this book to a teacher. And every student has the book in front of them. So a teacher picks up a chapter of the book. Well, the chapter of the book is not going to give you the total knowledge that you need. But what it does, it opens up the doors of the knowledge. For an example, we're going to do uh, the 27 amendments are in the new book. The seven articles of the Constitution is in the new book. Uh, The Declaration of Independence is in the new book. So when you think about uh, a conversation people would have and they would be able to comprehend and then they would want to say, well, I want to know more. And then they would do a research. So a grade school student or a college student would not just focus on the chapter, but they would then want to know more about the challenge. uh, You know, I always tell people, Prove me wrong to prove me right. And people don't how you prove somebody wrong and prove them right. Uh, when I did uh, talk radio on the electoral and I showed how and why and what it was and how it was put together and people became argumentative to prove me wrong and then they said, no, you're not, you're right. So the book that we're presenting today is really a book about you have to read the book and everything I say to you, I want you to prove different. I want you to research and look at and find answers different than what I'm saying. So challenge me because when you challenge me, I become the more knowledgeable and you become more knowledgeable. So in this new book with all the chapters that are in it and, and and you know we were talking about a few of them uh, man and woman, uh, chapter one. what is man and woman in the Bible? Why does the Bible only talk about man? How is there equality in man and woman? Where did Adam and Eve come from? How were they joined together in one body? Uh, why were there two three thousand people gathered in the Bible and they only said men? when in fact there were both men and women. So chapter one, we're actually getting into and showing equality. Well, equality is not something that people are understanding today. They want to give a preference to a male or a female based on their not being equal from certain standpoints. But uh, intelligence, uh, these issues, uh, jobs, locations, and things, become important. Now, you know, the challenge is there are more men today unemployed than there are women. And there's a higher degree of issues of divorces and there's a higher issue of many things. So this book, under certain places, is actually getting together how equality creates a job and preference and stuff. So then you get into the prayer and peace for the world. You know, what's the point of uh, of not just praying for yourself? Why are you not sitting and doing what was done for thousands of years, bringing the nations together in one accord, putting education? So when you think about education, you have to think about, well, you have, you have education, you have protection, and you have defense. Well, in the United States and Florida being one of the major ones, education – is terrible, Um, although some people might make a comment that education is good in the United States. Uh, India, Thailand, China, uh, some of these countries are teaching better and unfortunately the United States is bringing people in to go to work uh, because of their education rather than educating and teaching production to our own students. So this book is going to tap on the uh, education. Common Core uh, is part of this book. Uh, the issue of uh, the federal government, state of Florida just uh, decided that Common Core was terrible. Uh, we actually get in this book, and we go into why Common Core doesn't work. And, of course, then I talked about that you have the education and you have uh, uh, the Declaration, uh, the uh, Christian philosophy, understanding the application, uh, the uh, continual of the amendments, uh, the education of Common Core, the abortion, I ended all those. Uh, it, it's just an important uh, working book, and I've had several people read the draft, and they said that this book is what you give a teacher and the students, and they build from there. And I kind of agree with that. And I'll let you intervene from there, but I I really believe what we're doing with 195 countries, uh, giving a different structure. Every country has to have production. Uh, We're letting people in from other countries because the words are in certain countries there's no production, so you bring them into United States, And they say because they can do and produce. Well, what they're doing, they're actually paying the people coming in less money. So certain individuals or certain political parties want people to come in through immigration illegally or illegal, how you want to look at it. And they are then undermining the jobs for people who are U.S. citizens, who are the ones who should be in the position uh, so this book encompasses a lot of things that people have to look at. And I'm not going to take a political standpoint of Democrats or Republicans because I'm a no party affiliated. But I really believe that we need to restructure our whole thing of um, what we're doing and where we're going. Go ahead, Robert.
3: And you, you mentioned you be in schools as well. Uh, now, how would you guys plan on, you know, marketing?
1: Uh, the book the schools. Well one thing I'm going to be doing is uh, within this next book we're actually going to send it to Hillsdale. Uh, We're going to send it to major universities and we're just going to give them the free book and ask them uh, to review it. Now in the next three to five years we're actually building schools. Uh, We're doing what you call virtual reality hybrid school systems where you have interactions. So in this book, when you go into it and you look at systematic theology and you look at global virtual reality hybrid schools and universities to train every student in the philosophy of life through the Logos. So this book actually opens up into uh, how to start a school. So we're now working with these countries to start here in the United States where we will have school teachers doing classroom teaching doing uh, online teaching. So when I did my uh, doctor degree uh, with the university, of, excuse me, Nova University, uh, I wrote virtual reality. And this was like 2006, 2007, because I graduated in 2010. And Nova decided they didn't want me to do my dissertation on that. And two years later, uh, Nova and Florida started where they were doing homes, homeschooling so we actually are going into when you do homeschooling you have to do classroom and when you do classroom you have to do training so if I teach you when I teach you how to operate a computer I then have to have you around other people so it's not going to be just online you got to physically do it. But to physically do it, you have to be able to be in an actual environment where it is an important endeavor. It's kind of like, you know, if you're going to plant a tree, but, you know, you got to dig a hole. You got to put the seed. You got to water the ground. You got to do all this. Well, I can teach you to do it, but if you don't physically do it, you don't do anything. So within the next five to 10 years, we are actually going to be setting up. Universities, uh, schools, Walking Your Vision Academy, uh, doing business as we're we're actually CFACS Incorporated, doing business as Christ Found All Creation Saved, and doing business as Walking Your Vision Academy. So we're actually putting together uh, with other countries. Book number three is actually going to cover that even more. It's going into parochial schools and public schools. How do you formulate, how do you structure, how do you put it together? So when I wrote my dissertation on this subject, I am now revising my dissertation and it's gonna be in book number three. It's gonna be how do you set up a, a parochial school? How do you put together virtual reality? How do you do the interaction with students? So we believe that the first issue we have is not only the belief in God and Christianity, but it's the education. How does education decrease or increase your own income? Uh, when you look at me uh, with a bachelor's two master's, a doctor degree, and you look at my age, and you know, look at I'm writing three books and and what I'm doing. You know, this was a progression. This was every day. Every day you learn, and people think you stop learning, but you don't. Um, I'm 80 years old, and my next book's coming out. Uh, go figure that one out. And My last book came out when I was 79, and my next book's coming out when I'm 81. Uh, and we just joined 45 countries together. Mm-hmm. The irrelevancy of Moses and a messenger, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you think about uh, your children, your daughter, think about first, What are you going to do for changing your own education? Remember, I was 10 years ago, so I was 70 years old when I got my doctorate degree. How did I do it? How did I go through that? How was I able to – well, all this is coming together in in your teaching. Uh, I am an example of what failure means, but how do you make success on failure? So people said, I failed to do something or I did it wrong just means you learn and people look at it as bad. Doing something wrong is a, is a stepping stone to doing it right. So if somebody's running for politics or somebody is going into a job or somebody makes a mistake, many businesses their technology changed because somebody made a mistake. And they corrected the mistake, but from correcting the mistake, they learned a new way of doing things. So mistakes are Learning And students don't understand it. Uh, one of our uh, pastors in the state of Florida is now uh, doing prison ministry, and I did prison ministry from 2002 to about 2006. And the state of Florida is now paying salary to ministries uh, to go out and take the men and women out of prisons, uh, get them into an educational standard, I uh, get them to refocus on, on um, how to overcome their past and their history. So everything we do, uh, Robert, is, is got to be focused on education is first. A- absolutely, you have to take and be taught. Uh, then you have to learn, and learn is doing something wrong and doing it right. And then you have to learn how to make the computer to work, how to make the tree to grow, how to feed the cow. This is productivity. This is this is where we're not doing in our countries anymore. So um, you know we we're bringing in goods and products from all these countries, and we're not doing nothing in America. Uh, and we wrote articles on bring jobs home, back five years ago. It's not in these books right now, but bring jobs home and uh, I get put tariffs on on goods and products, change the prices. Uh, all these factors will be keyed. Go ahead. Yeah, so let's
3: go. uh, We've got Kelly on the line here. Uh, Kelly's got some comments and questions there for you, Dr. Tolbert. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. Uh, How are you?
4: Oh, I'm doing good, enjoying the California heat. We were like 100 degrees yesterday.
3: And,
0: uh, yeah,
4: so um, let's see here. All right, I got a comment for you or a victory story, and then a Theological question, Dr. Tolbert I'm glad to hear from you again Congratulations on your book Books, plural <laughs> Yeah, yeah i um,
1: Okay. talk.
4: Yeah, I mean That's really uh, I once saw a fortune cookie That said, seek the advice of an octogenarian And I'm like What's an octogenarian? Well, that would be you, 80 years old So, anyway, okay So, comment, I have a close friend And uh, She's homeschooling her son, and he has been tested two years in a row, and he turned out 99th percentile, the National Scholastic Exam. The last uh, test was proctored by a teacher, and she basically said here in California, even though he's in sixth grade, he should be uh, – he's almost equivalent to a 12th grader in the California schools. Yeah. So that doesn't tell you something, but it's awesome what a mother's love can do. Amen. So that's just kind of a praise report, and the homeschoolers are—they're amazing. And some other locals, uh, they got uh, top of class when they, their last two years in high school, right. um, like valedictorian. So you know, I—I I, I met some of the homeschoolers in college, and they were amazing, unbelievable, in their technical skills and engineering school. Anyway, go to the question as a theological point. See if you agree with this. Okay, man. So God created man, male and female. He created them. Um, actually, a couple of questions. So, man is a species like giraffe, zebra, lion, elephant. Okay. And when you say man, mankind, it's not sexist at all. It's 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 a species. Would you Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, without a doubt, it's it's it is a species of generation, and then that species was put in charge of the other species. So you have to go back into any group of uh, animals, there's a leader of that one species, but who was the overall in control of all the species? And if you think of millions and millions of years that Adam existed before Eve even came along, it wasn't a seven year or ten years, but it was millions of years that God created all the earth. He did this in the what they call the... The, the six days and then the seventh day of rest, but there was really millions and millions of years of creation. Then God said, let's put man, uh, and then God had man taking charge and doing things, and then Eve was brought from Adam, and they became physical. So when people are of one where Adam, you know, was had a rib removed and Eve then became from that, and then there was the issue of disagreement with the assignment, and then we're into where we are today, and why God allowed allowed it or didn't allow it is beyond our understanding, but uh, we are a species that have been put in a responsible position now, if you don't believe in God, if you don't believe in the Trinity, if you don't believe in the fivefold ministry, you become argumentative what I just said,
4: yeah, I agree, yeah, I understand that so. Here's a deeper deeper theological question. So it says, and God blessed them, and God said to them, plural, meaning Adam and Eve, "Uh, be fruitful and multiply, and rule the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every living thing that moves on the earth. So God put man, the species, in charge. Now this is not my theological question, but obviously we were to rule the earth in love for the best interests of others, the best interests of the plants and the animals, etc. Um, but here, I'm going to get to my question because it's kind of deep. So when God created Eve, before God created Eve, God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, that word helper seems degrading towards women. However, and this is my question is do you agree with this? The first helper was Adam. And I say that because God put Adam and Eve in charge of the earth. So in a sense Adam was helping God rule the earth and the help or the helper was Eve. So when it says in the scriptures a helpmate suitable for him It doesn't mean the woman is to be 100% submissive and supportive to Adam. It means that they were to be together, working together to both help God. Yeah. God was – Adam was the first helper of God. Eve was the helpmate. And the co-helper with Adam, they were both helpers to God. Is that – do you agree with that, or what's your thoughts on that? It's a little deeper theologically. What, what's your thoughts on that? No,
1: I think the answer is very simple. is It's called equality, that this is actually in Chapter 1 of the book that we're getting into the fact of um, man in the Bible, woman, and that we we're actually going into it. There's There was a purpose of equality. So you had all these animals that had a mate, and regardless of what you want to call an animal, and then man comes along and doesn't have a mate and so god says that you need a helper you need someone to work with you equally and that's where we're breaking it down and that's where we have a big disagreement for an example i'm totally against my id card seeing male or female i'm totally against a lot of things that we're doing that are uh, uh, showing a separation between man and woman by putting it in certain areas now physically we have certain problems that one can do and the other can't do. The woman has the baby. Uh, The man is only the seed to implant. So there's still equality because the woman can't have the baby without the equality of the man's seed. So we can find everything that we would disagree with becomes equal. So when you get into your conversation, why did God create a woman and where's the equality now? There was a mistake, but God, did God want the mistake to happen? Because what if Eve and Adam hadn't, we'll call, biting into the apple or had a physical relationship or whatever we want to call it, we wouldn't exist today. This earth would not be here had that error not taken place. Now this error leads us down a travailing uh, issue of many generations of contradictions. So there was all the earth was connected and everybody was going in the same direction and everybody was working together and the earth breaks apart and the islands split and the America becomes a different place and the multiple languages where everybody before was speaking the same languages and everybody speaks a different languages. So all the equality started out with Adam and Eve. Then we had the equality of all the countries and then people went against God and the earth shook and the seas roared and the clouds came and then you had the flood and you had all these other factors happening so now here we are myself what am I doing I'm bringing equality and people say how are you bring equality I'm saying 195 countries have to be equal that one country cannot be greater than another If you educate the people in your country, if you train your people, if you give them school and education, you don't need to call for me from the United States of America to be productive. You do it through Pakistan, you do it through Syria, you do it through Kenya, you do it through Cambodia, you do it through Thailand, you do it through Venezuela. Uh, All these factors is where we're teaching. So every country has now, they'll work together They'll interact because some goods and products have to be shipped from one country to the other. There has to be working, but we have to bring everybody back to one accord, and this is not what we're doing. So I I know I'm extending your comment, but the extension of the comment is no man and no woman accomplishes anything in a marriage if there's not equality. No man and no woman on a job Yes, we we don't have equality in the United States anymore. We're totally non equal. So men's awareness program, which I'm going to bring into that, is men are no longer being equal. Men are now subdued. There's no equality in countries, especially the United States. Uh, and this is not about racism. Real quick, real
3: quick, Doctor uh, Tolbert. Real quick program. You know, I mean, I do see there are other. Uh callers, I know you're on Skype, but uh, I believe uh, you still can put the one or something on your, your dial to let us know if you would like to get into the show. I have some questions or comments. Uh, I'll get you into the green room, and get your name, uh, and then uh, get you into the program. But just put the one on your number dial. If you do that, same on Skype, It we'll get you in. Uh, go ahead, Dr. Tolbert.
1: No, I, I'm fine. I just wanted to answer what he said and if I'm in, if we are in agreement, okay? If we're in disagreement, we'll both learn. Go ahead. That's you, Kelly. Yep. Kelly went to sleep when I was talking.
3: Yeah, I was just saying, Kelly. Did you want to respond to that, or, or maybe he had to maybe he had to step away from his phone? <laughs> yeah. No. Well,
4: I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm uh, actually doing some work right now, so I'm more it's listening. Multitasking. But, uh, I'm multitasking. So sorry about that. But I like your points, and I think I really want to get your book. I hope Robert, do you have the link of his book on your on your uh, website?
1: Yeah, what Robert just got from me was the actual PDF file, which is very private information. Kelly, uh, the actual hard copy of the book will be ready in a couple weeks. Um, you have my email address, uh, CFACS. Excuse me, C-F-A, um CFAB, America at Gmail dot com. Uh, Christ, uh, yeah. Uh, Citizens for a Better America, C.F.A.B. America at gmail.com. And I'll get you the information that you need uh, to order the book. Uh, I'll send you and Robert one. All profits that we're taking from these books are actually going toward food, clothing, and sheltering of orphans. So the book is under my 501c3. I've been a 501c3 since 2001. Uh, We're actually, uh, I hate to say this, the first book sold for $20.95 and Uh, $4.95. But the point is that these books, Kelly, and what you and I had talked about in the past are equal. And getting him into my taking out of my pocket, sending him to universities, uh, There, there's actually, um, and I'll, I'll send it to uh, uh, Robert, there's actually a YouTube uh, presentation of the book and how to order it. Uh, and I'll send the link to Robert. Uh, you, can, you can go to Barnes & Noble, you can go to Amazon. If you go into your computer and pull up systematic theology through the spiritual eye, you'll find the book. If you pull up the name Charles Frederick Tolbert, you'll find the book. So the book is now getting out to people. Uh, it's it's uh, the profitability maybe three dollars a book or depends on what we do. Uh, the big thing is is changing the way schools, changing the way teachers are teaching, Uh, getting people more into, you have a student that's top of your class and you have a student at the bottom of your class. That student at the bottom will become a genius. Einstein, for an example, was at the bottom of the class. But people aren't focusing on these people at the bottom of the class. They're, they're, They're talking about, The people with the high grades and are talking about people with uh, different standards. And even though I was only one point away of maximizing um, uh, as a doctor of education, it's still um, I was probably, you know, one of the least knowledgeable because I wasn't a teacher. And yet all these teachers had no idea what a leader was. They had no leadership capability. So a teacher has to be a leader, and you can teach all you want. If you don't lead, you don't go nowhere. So the key behind these books is to put you in a position. Now, these books aren't books that you would read in order. Otherwise, you don't read chapter 1 through 34 and say, okay, I'm going to read it in order. No, you don't do that. Every chapter stands as its own self. You pick a chapter, you read that chapter, you study that chapter, there's no way you're going to finish this book in one year. think well, what's the sense of reading the book it's it's a it's a ledger it's it's a tool for training it's a technical handbook it's it's a book for teachers and students Are we in three to five years going to have it out to everybody? Are millions and millions of people going to buy the book well you you pray that happens, but that's not your decision it's it's between god and 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 What he does, and I know it's a silly thing for people to say, Uh, what we do uh, on WhatsApp, on uh, Lincoln, on uh, Twitter, what we do on Facebook, uh, the videos, the audios, uh, all the things that we've been doing this last year, year and a half of uh, bringing people together, formulating schools, putting education, putting a 501c3 in different countries uh, concentrating with teachers. we we got teachers in other countries that are calling upon me uh, to lay a format, uh, setting up their schools. Uh, so why did I get a doctor degree? Why do I have a $270,000 of student loans, which, by the way, and I finished my 10-year requirement under my nonprofit, the loan forgiveness, in October. Uh, it, just, it, it all comes together, Kelly. just just comes together.
3: Go ahead. Yeah, we are at Hello. the uh, close to the top of the hour. We do have our, our next guest. She's not on yet, uh, but that's going to be Diana Smith. We made about 15 minutes or so, so we'll uh, use up the time that we have, uh, you know, for Dr. Pilber. And if she goes, uh, she's a little late, maybe we can uh, discuss some things further. But one of the things I was hoping we could do uh, is talk a little bit, because people, including myself, uh, you know, to get more detail on it's exactly, you know, it says here, you know, that systematic theology is a discipline of Christian theology. It formu- formulates an orderly, rational, coherent account of the doctrines. Mm-hmm. Uh, could, could you, uh, like, describe or explain more, you know, in more detail, you know, what specifically that is and what that does, you know, systematic theology?
1: We could get yeah. a better and, and saying this- of it. Yeah, and the whole thing about, you know, terminology of systematic theology is it's through the spiritual eye versus the systematic theology in its own content. So laying out a item uh, systematically means I'm teaching you theology by laying a format, giving you a format to put it together so that you can be better focused on what it is. So using... Christian theology, systematic theology, putting it in an order, rational and coherent, so that you understand it, and the doctors, uh, the doctrine of Christian faith. So if we took Sharia law, for an example, and, and we took their book that they teach, and we look at the violation of Muslims uh, enforcing their Bible, if you want to call it that, Uh, uh, and how it violates the U.S. Constitution. So United States, based on the 50-some-odd signatures, based on the people that formulated uh, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, how do we teach people uh, to be more focused on the Trinity, God? So global, meaning 195 countries, virtual reality we actually changed the terminology of book number two where it didn't get into in book number one the integration or interaction so many people read and think virtual reality and the old way of you're looking at something but you're not having inner reaction so interaction is that the teachers will be in a classroom uh, there'll be a hundred teachers a hundred different locations to a hundred different countries and they will be teaching uh, a class, and you will have students in that classroom through the computer, through the hybrid systems. So teaching first systematically is no more than if I said plant a seed in the ground. Well, you know, the systematically I would dig a hole, and it's good to water the ground before I dig the hole because it makes it easier for the hole and dirt come up and systematically I would put the seed in the ground and I would pack it over and I'd stomp on it and I'd add more water and I'd, I'd make sure it's in the right position so one of the things we're teaching in our training in our classes is actually getting into that uh, to lay out a classroom systematically and of course I am not in a degree I went with theologians uh, when I did my master's degree in theology uh, I had to read a hundred books the theologians wrote and I found something wrong with every theologian and everything they wrote and so uh, giving our own standpoint of systematic theology and 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 being a theologian myself uh, how does a messenger and a messenger in the bible by the way is an apostle and the terminology a lot of people don't understand but that goes into isaiah 42 uh, uh, 42, uh, one through four, uh, that you have to lay out a format. You, ha- you have to lay out things. So when we say we're going to be in 195 countries with a walking your vision university, that means we're going to teach you to accomplish what your vision is. Well, the book of Habakkuk says you write your vision upon the wall. So we have to teach you first. What is your vision? So if I start training you as a child, Define your vision, and you focus on your vision, and you look at follow one course until successful. So my vision is 195 universities to 195 different countries and formulating a plan. So that's my vision. But how do I get there? Book number one, book number two, book number three. So plant a seed, plant a seed, plant a seed, plant a seed. So all these things, uh, Robert, are very key uh, to people coming together and understanding that you were given an assignment. No tree is alike, not one tree. Not one tree is out there you can say looks alike. Well, you and I are not alike. You you and I have a mission. You and I have an assignment. You and I have a job. So now you're involved in supporting, teaching, and helping certain people in political parties. You have an assignment to do that. You went through trials and tribulations with your personal life, with, your, with everything that went on around you, but everything became trial and tribulation, became learning, became a student, you, you became. Well, you know, I had two sisters commit suicide. I did this. I saw this. I did this. I went there. and I, So trials and tribulations is training. So at your age, what you're doing, how are you going to act? How are you going to impact? What is your calling? When you pass and you finished your assignment, did you follow Habakkuk 2? Did you write your vision? So I teach people this when you write, write your vision. 15 minutes a day for 14 days. Go into a closet, very dark place. Take a paper and a piece of pencil, uh, paper and, and a pencil. Write down 10 items what you did, team minutes. Just write what you what you're thinking, what you're seeing, what you're hearing. Don't just get rid of everything. Just write. At the end of 15 days, take that paper, take all those items, and focus on breaking them down in order. Which one has to be done before the other? How do I get to this one, this one, this one? Then from all those hundreds of things that you wrote, you put them in a 100-page order. We, we did 186 uh, in the book Walking Your Vision, which is in volume number one. Uh, 86, I'm sorry. And it was, I had to do this, to do this, to do this, to do this. So I wrote my vision. It became the book. And then I went to scriptures and I followed it. So here's a guy in 1999, 2000, did not have a master's and doctor degree, he hadn't been in school since 1981, that wrote my vision. I followed my vision. I become a doctor of education. I become all these factors because I took the time to focus on my assignment. Go ahead.
3: And, and how do you, a lot of people, I like to hear them asking, you know, how do you know what your assignment is? You know, how do you know what your, what your purpose is? But where do you get an inkling of that? Or, 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 like, oh, I
1: know what it is. When I was 13 years old and I didn't know who God was, I was told that one day I would lead and teach the world. I was 13 years old, and that's in Isaiah 42, 1 through 4. And um, I went through not knowing what I was going to be doing in the military. I went through training and teaching and motivation, not knowing what I was going to do. I went through owning an airplane company. I went through marriages, divorces, and all these other things, not knowing what I was going to do. In 1999, God put me in the quiet zone for 15 minutes a day for the 14 days. And I I wrote Walking Your Vision. And then I started following the book Walking Your Vision, which is in volume number one. I found that my assignment in 1999 was to build universities in every country using impact of virtual reality, and I didn't have my two masters or my doctorate degree yet. So I went through the assignment. Uh, I had to go to college. I had to get an education. I had to get a degree. I had to do talk radios. I had to uh, do international speaking. I had to write my books. I had to do this. But remember, my assignment is 195 countries getting education, production, and defense. So my assignment is way down the line, you know. Moses was 80 when he was given and knew his assignment. So Moses didn't know his assignment until he was 80 years old. Uh, He went through uh, the killing of people. He went through uh, the water. Uh, He went through the adoption. He went through the education. He went through where he lived on a farm and was raising sheep. And he went into the mountain. And all of a sudden, God said, this is your assignment. So Moses' assignment was to lead the people from the one place to the next. Now, the assignment was 14 days. It took him 40 years because they what? They disagreed with God. They disagreed with God, so it took them 40 years. Well, I'm now working on 20 years of my assignment, and my assignment is now write three books. Uh, the books have been translated in four countries already. Uh, I gave the PDF file free. Uh, the publisher says that I have to, if it's in Spanish, or English, uh, I have to go through them. But if I do another country, uh, I have the rights as the writer of the book to give the file and have it translated in other countries. So we're actually, um, you know, the question is, do you make money because you talk? And sometimes the answer is no, but you teach. And people look and they make money because of what you do. My assignment is to get every student back in line of where they were supposed to be when God created the earth. That's my assignment. Before the islands were split, before the nations were divided, before they had multiple language in all these countries, my assignment is to bring the hundred and ninety five countries back together. That that's my assignment. Go ahead. Well, that's a pretty uh pretty large
3: assignment there, Doctor Dolbert. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs>
1: Yeah. Now, you that know, be remember easy.
3: this. do generational. <laughs> well,
1: you know, Paul wrote uh, 80% of the New Testament. And so when you look at the Bible, and here Paul was a, uh, a person killing Christian people. He was uh, doing a lot of bad things. And uh, he, he was blinded. God blinded him. And they put him in a position. And God then became the leader of Christianity. And he wrote... Uh, 80% of the Bible. But nobody knew what Paul knew or did until 80, a 1,000 years later. So everybody that has an assignment may not see the results of the assignment from the physical, but from spiritual, you see your assignment done. 1,000 years, 3,000 years, will it take 100 years? Will it happen tomorrow? There's no answers to that. The answer is, is you that, have an assignment. Is
3: that what you mean by through the spiritual eye?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, don't don't try to think of things through your mind, but look through. And you know, people are born again. They have the Christ is in the belly of all people. People say what they want. Christ was on the cross. The spirit left uh, when he left, and the, the traveling of the spirit. So, in the Old Testament, the spirit came upon you, um, and he only talked to a few people. Now the spirit indwells within you. So your spiritual eye is the spirit of God inside you that's opening the door and give you the vision. So the spiritual eye means I see my vision because I'll I'll talk sometimes, but it won't be me talking. You know, I'll get into a conversation with people, but it's not me saying it. So God tells me what to say in the words to say it. And people don't understand that there are individuals who have conversations with God, man to man, woman to woman, spirit to spirit. We talk when we're not asleep. We talk when we're awake. We talk when we're driving. We talk, and and sometimes it takes a month before God says something to Sometimes it happens 20 times a day. Uh, why did I choose not to become a principal in a school with a doctor degree or a district manager, a district uh, uh, leadership position in education? Why did I take 10 years uh, to put together? Why did last year God told me to publish my book? Uh, all these are visions. This is all spiritual. Um, this this is not my doing because I want to do. I'd rather uh, stay in Costa Rica. You know, I, I married a a beautiful young person from Venezuela because I was doing a doctrines on uh, communism and socialism. And why did I end up uh, out of a thousand people end up with a young woman that we went to Trinidad. We got married. We went to Costa Rica. We went to Colombia. Uh, now we're writing the books. And, you know, why these things come about? Boy, if you don't know your spiritual, you got a real problem because you can only see physical daily one minute things you don't see what's going to happen in 10 years from now we will accomplish what we've been given to do go ahead
3: no no it's um that's yeah, it's interesting i think in the in the timing of it you know with what i've been uh you know, experiencing and you know considering is, is interesting too um one of the things i've been doing a lot of uh you may or may not know this, and I probably I may have brought this on the, the the show before, is I'm getting cryogenically frozen. And so who knows, maybe like, you know, 100 years from now or, or so, you know, they'll have the technology to, uh, you know, reanimate and, and bring you back after the process. But again, I mean, that kind of speaks to me because you're saying you don't know what it's going to be like, you know, that many years from now. And so, uh, you know, I just kind of wonder, you know, if, if that kind of, it plays, a, it plays a part, and us even having this conversation tonight is serendipitous those are some of the things I've been, you know, looking at. And those are some things we can, you know, talk about, you know, off-air as well, because I do have some, uh, some questions about that. Um, but I don't. I think our other, until she does, you uh, know, we got our other caller, our other guest uh, who is uh, doing the call-in. Uh, she's running just a minute late, so we'll, give, you know, certainly give her some more time uh, before, but, you know, we'll, is there anything specific uh, that you want to make sure you got out just in case she, she does pop in in a few minutes uh, to have a discussion with what she's working on? Is there anything specific you want to make sure, uh, you know, people know about your book or what you're working on? Is it, you know, pretty much anything in general or, you know, you know things that are going on with, uh, you know, what just happened with abortion? Do you think it's going to, you know, road v. Wade? Do you think it's going to affect the uh, upcoming election? Uh you know, you also think that um, you know it's going to play it's going to play a part there, or uh, or even the January sixth commission. You What's know, we, what your thoughts on any of those things?
1: Yeah, you know, I I just want to take that on a second. You know, that when we went into this conversation in 2016, and when we got into uh, the violations of of the Constitution. Uh, and we we put it in this book here because it's it's really about men and women and equality and their rights. Um, there is a lot of things that you'll read. You know, for an example, when you pick this book up, it's going to have the full Declaration of Independence. It's going to have the full uh, seven articles. It's going to have all the amendments. So everything in this book has actually got everything you need to know uh, about the Constitution. And I interacted like, Places in the Constitution God has mentioned. And I do want to just make one other thought. Uh, The Christian Faith Publishing Company telephone number is 866 554 0919. So 866 554 0919. And you can also go to the website, ChristianFaithPublishing.com, and you'll see. If you want to write a book, uh, how it's available, it also gives you the number. So anyone that wanted to buy this book, remember, I am not, I'm spending my money out of my pocket through the ministry paying for a book that's costing me money that the fish, what they do is any profit that comes from the book, I get all the profit back until I recover. What I spent, I'm spending about $3,000 in a year to just make the book publishable. So uh, they edit it, they clean it, they design it, uh, they put the cover on it, uh, they ask your thoughts. Uh, You can go against them and they will agree with you. Um, But they're very good at working with people. So if you want to publish a book, Uh, go to Christian Faith Publishing Company. Mention my name or not mention my name. If you want to buy the book, Systematic Theology Through the Spiritual Eye, and the second one is the same title, Systematic Theology Through the Spiritual Eye, volume two. Volume two will actually be available in six weeks. Um, Volume three will be next year sometime. But the, the key is that every speaker, every writer, Everybody puts something together. Has a story. Publish your story. Get it. Get it in front of people. Put it in writing. Uh, everybody has a life. Everybody has something that happens. Um, we could do a movie about uh, the death and uh, of people around us and uh, the homicides, the suicides, uh, the things that happen. And when I was in Vietnam, I turned down a Purple Heart. Now I'm doing certain things, and the Purple Heart would have made me a couple thousand dollars more a month. Uh, Man, why didn't you know that when you were 25 years old? Uh, I mean, it's amazing what you learn at a later age that you didn't know. So we're teaching people how to, as a veteran, we wrote the mission program. Uh, We went to President Trump and uh, the mission program, and he said uh, there was a Master Sergeant E-8, uh, that sent us all the information about what to do with the veterans and the mission program. Uh, we also sent the one about tariffs. Uh, Trump was in uh, uh, Canada, and he said there was an individual that sent him the things about the tariffs. Well, bring jobs home. We did that. Does people know that we did it? No. They don't They don't know that Dr. Tobin is doing this stuff, but we accomplished it. So never take and feel bad because people don't know who you are. Feel confident because you are doing your assignment. Stick on your assignment. You'll get a return in God's time for your assignment, Robert. Go ahead. You
3: know, that's what I appreciate. Speaking of assignments, uh, uh, hopefully we can stay on for our next guest. If not, we understand. We do appreciate it. Um, we do have a, a Skype caller. Uh, I'm going to get, uh, get you into doing a welcome to uh, our guest. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, bring her in. And then, uh, step Card, you see, I, I, I we're at to the top of the hour. want to bring our other guest in. Hopefully, we'll be able to uh, get some comments and questions on, on what we're talking about with Dr. Colbert. But let's go ahead and uh, welcome Diane. Uh, thank you very much, Diane, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
5: I'm good. How are you?
3: I always call you Diane, but it's Diana. So I apologize for that.
5: <laughs> it's okay.
3: So you're working on, uh, you know, a constitutional ma- for Ohio amendment, right, to get on the ballot against uh, vaccine mandates. And, and, you know, so this is something I think a lot of states uh, should really mimic. Now, which uh, I hope people don't have as hard of a time as you've had uh, trying to get this uh, on, the, on the ballot. Uh, but, you know, so tell us a little background about what you've been working on, you know, pretty much from the beginning and then where we're at now for, you know, an update you know, in terms of the struggles you've, you've seen, even through uh, members of the Republican Party trying to get this uh, this done, so to try to protect people's medical rights and not have to be forced to take a vaccine to be able to go to their college or, or stay employed.
5: Um, correct. So back in October um, 2021, we started the initiative petition, which actually um, created new law in the Ohio vice code um, we tried to get that through four times um, to get that going um, you create initiative petition you have to get a thousand plus signatures. so we we've turned in between 1500 to 3,000 signatures each time the Attorney General um, Yoast has to say if that is a fair and truthful supposed law or constitutional amendment And he um, denied us four times, so um, then we switched gears, and um, the initiative petition committee uh, consulted with the Ohio Advocates for Medical Freedom, various private citizens and professionals in the legal field to form the language of the current Ohio Constitution Amendment, which would add Article One, Section 22, to the ohio um, constitutional amendment um may 11th uh i or, or we the citizens started collecting the thousand plus signatures again and um once again they did that in record time then on june 16th um, we submitted it to the attorney um, general david yost and he certified the summary and then on july 5th It goes to the Ohio ballot board to approve the amendment as a single subject and they certified it back to the attorney general that it did indeed include a single subject. And then um, Attorney General Yost then turns it back around to the Secretary of State and files that um, it made all of its hurdles. Then on July 11th, we have started, uh, the Ohio citizens started collecting, we have to collect 442,958 plus signatures to be submitted to the Secretary of State. And the wording um, pursuant to Ohio, um, Ohio Constitution for the approval of the electors at the next succeeding regular election, occurring subsequent to 125 days, after the filing of the petition. Um, numerous volunteers from around the state are springing into action to bring this issue, hopefully, to the ballot on May 2023. And for complete instructions and in how to sign up for updates, and I'll put a little plug in there, you could go to www.medicalright2refuse.com. And so the Ohio constitution is literally um, three sentences long. Um, It says an individual's right to refuse any medical procedure, treatment, injection, vaccine, prophylactic, pharmaceutical, or medical device shall be absolute. No law, rule, regulation, person, employer, entity, or healthcare provider, shall require, mandate, or coerce any person to receive or use a medical procedure, treatment, injection, vaccine, vaccine, I did that again, vaccine, prophylactic, pharmaceutical, or medical device, nor shall the aforementioned um, discriminate against the individuals who exercise this right. No other provision of the Ohio constitution shall impair or limit the rights contained here with, herein. And so that is what we're trying to get in front of the electors um, for approval.
3: And how many signatures was needed again?
5: 442,958. So um, I guess What we that that number is ten percent of the last um, gubernatorial or the governor's um, race. You have to get ten percent of the total number of voters that voted during that time frame, and then the minimum requirement is is that we have to have five percent out of forty four counties. numbers that also went towards that gubernatorial race so not only is there a minimum number of the four hundred forty two thousand nine hundred fifty eight signatures we have to get a minimum of five percent um of voters out of 44 counties of the last gubernatorial race and how long do you have to
3: get all those uh all those signatures
5: well, what we want to do is see that our deadline is going to be like September, um, 22nd. Wow. And, um, that isn't the drop dead deadline. Like I said, the Ohio constitution says you have to have it turned in 125 days before the, um, the election. If we do May 2023, the drop dead deadline for us to file it with the secretary of state is, um, December 29th. Um, so, I would like to see where we're at September 22nd, see what counties we have to focus on to get that minimum requirement, um, and then push forward from there, um, and I would like to see at least that we have our 500000 plus um, by middle of December, that way um, when When we had to process the 1,500 signatures just to go to the attorney general, because you have to file it a certain way um, for it to be approved and you have to scan everything because they have to have electronic copy. Um, It takes me a whole day just to do 1,500. So to do 500,000, we uh, probably need a couple weeks to get that done.
3: Now, and then,
5: go ahead. Now, I was just going to say, and then we're hoping to uh, have um, persons help deliver <laughs> um, all 500,000 signatures to the Secretary of State. You know, two things. Well,
3: I mean, once you get all the signatures, can they still turn it down?
5: If we don't get all these signatures by May or by the end of December, um, no, it just means it gets pushed back to November so, yes, of 2023. If
3: you get all the signatures, but if you get all the signatures, can they still say, no, this is not going to be on the ballot?
5: So once you get all the ex- um, signatures, it's my understanding, then um, if anybody has a problem with it, they could take us to the Supreme Court for arguments and um, – We also have to do an argument um, for the amendment, and then um, somebody else will have to do an argument against the amendment, and then that has to be published, and Secretary of State, I believe, has to publish that for three consecutive weeks before the ballots. Nowhere um, do I see where um, anybody... Can uh, say that it's not um, maybe that it's unconstitutional or um, that there's a problem with it except for they would have to take us to um, argue with at the Supreme Court. So is there a possibility that we have to fight this at one point in time? Yes, there probably is. Now, is
3: it going to just be a simple majority uh vote that would actually get it on the Constitution?
5: once we um get all the signatures, we get it filed, the arguments are done we get it through um the supreme court um it'll be put on the ballot, and then um we vote on it and the majority um we'll just say for approval, and then after 30 days, then it becomes um, part of the Ohio Constitution.
2: Well,
3: Now, in the beginning, you try to get it to be a, just an actual bill that would go to the legislature. Mm-hmm. I really would like to tell, you know, you tell the story on that, uh, maybe in you know, some more detail because, I mean, this was something like, they got the signatures, they tried to get it to a committee, uh, within Ohio for the, you know, and the Republicans just weren't very helpful, at least there was a lot of them, including Bill, you know, to my understanding, Bill Site, who, you know, is actually, uh, Amy Hyder, we had her on a couple weeks ago, uh, fully support uh, what was called HB 248, which was supposed to be a House bill originally. Uh, can you tell us more, you know, about your experiences with that? You because, know, I mean, it, it looked like that the... You know, we're, you know, Dr. Clover, you mentioned about you know your your non-party, uh, and I know you know you know we're working. Consider- most of us here are conservatives. I'm sure we get some libertarians and liberals, and you know, and others. Right. Uh, you know, listening to the program on the program, but um, the, so mean, House Bill Two Forty Eight Republican House. Go
5: ahead. Yeah, House Bill Two Forty Eight um, was introduced by Jennifer Go- Gross, District Fifty Two um and it was vaccine choice and anti-discrimination um the bill if um it was for um they couldn't mandate the vaccine um they couldn't have a passport um businesses couldn't coerce or mandate um personnel to get the vaccine um Let's see what else. There, um, and of course, in all this, um, the, it didn't mess with the kids' immunizations um, or child care or student immunizations because the, that is already currently law that a parent or guardian has the right um, to be exempt from immunization vaccines student, college, or child care. Um, they just have to, um, whether it be their conscience or their religion, um, they have the right to already um, refuse immunizations and vaccines. Um, so it didn't mess with that. Um, and then uh, also it, it helped protect some of the HIPAA privacy's um, rights um, for House Bill 248 So it went to health committee um, It's my understanding That Mr. Lips And Mr. Cupps, um Denied It to go any further Jennifer Gross was the only Medical personnel She is actually a physician Assistant um, oh, um, Excuse me I think nurse practitioner um, On the committee But they kicked her off because of all the controversy with House Bill 248. Um, and they needed-
3: that. Real quick, let me interject, Diane. Think about that, folks. So she's you know, on this committee, you know, this health committee, and they kick her off, of the this. this is Republicans. They kicked her off a committee because she was trying to get a bill passed to keep businesses from mandating or having uh, passports. And they kick her off the committee because of this.
5: This Republican. Right. And so um she and, and and also they did it because she filed a discharge so they could file a, a discharge to have the bill discharged from the committee and put on the floor. But you need 50 signatures and they only got 12 or 13 signatures from the Republicans um backing her to get it out You're of the, the health committee, <laughs> right? And then even one—I wish I can remember his name—who just got into office. I think his first name was Samuel. Um, uh, did just recently sign the discharge for House Bill Two Forty Eight. So House Bill Two Forty Eight is still alive in the health committee, um, or until December 31st, 2022. But um, it, this House Bill 248 had the most support from citizens um, in Ohio than any other bill that's ever been introduced in testimony. Um, it's even my understanding that they did a public records request and um, in a Democratic area. And um, the Democrats were we're even in favor of it um, in that area, um, but they they just don't want it. I guess on the floor could actually be a bipartisan house bill to be passed, um, but uh, I guess nobody wants it, it's so, so I guess we're going
3: yeah you know, we'll definitely try to get that back in the show too so that that's the information you brought to me that I didn't know I thought that bill was pretty much dead but but it's not it's still it still has a chance huh
5: it still it currently still has a chance if um you can if they could get it out of health committee and get it approved by december thirty first twenty twenty two by the end of the session um yeah the house bill is still alive um hmm. That that could be something that
3: uh, you know people could you know could run on. Uh, yeah, like as I mentioned, uh, Angela Hymer, they can maybe run on that uh, in the primary. She actually really should. There should be commercials put out about that. Um, you know that that that's right. certainly and more to be looked into.
5: There has been calls, there has been letters, and um, they just won't budge. And maybe now is the time since. Um, you know, that everybody's up for re-election to maybe try to get that push back through. Um, it's a great House bill. Um, well, uh, I mean,
3: this, this is, is here. This is a, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, because this is a national, actually it's international, I mean, we've got, you know, listeners literally all around the country, <laughs> or the world, really. We've got Like I was looking at the... Statistics uh, Just today, the percentage today, we even have a, a listeners in India, which I uh, thought was kind of interesting. Um, I mean, of course, nice. the vast majority, like 76% here in the states. But, you know, but anyway, the reason why I bring it up, uh, you know, this is, I mean, I think everybody in, all, in other states, I mean, and this is coming in Ohio, but I think in other states. I'm surprised like this isn't happening in Florida. Uh, but, of course, they have, you know, I don't think Florida has as many rhinos. Is Ohio has, then you know, truth be told, mm-hmm. but I think right. all
0: and states, I, you know, California, Governor, you know, Florida, Ohio,
5: go ahead. Didn't Governor DeSantis already sign an executive order that there will be no mandates for the COVID yeah, or for that's the vaccine? I don't
3: have anything on the Florida, but you do have other states, right. you know. Now, Kelly, one of our, our panelists here, he's uh he's in California. And uh, not but I don't know if anything like that would ever pass there, but maybe some uh there's some municipalities and in, 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 you know, locals in you know, localities that might be able to try to get something like that done. I mean, I don't know. I mean generally if you'd like to chime in on that, you just, just let me know.
5: I think that uh with the Ohio constitution, um, is actually somewhat a little bit better because not only does it not mandate um your employers to do vaccines, um, but in the future, um, if we're if we're allowing um, employers to dictate um, what that you know that you have to have a vaccine to be able to work there, who's to say that you can't dictate, um, for example, uh, you know we can't have you off work um, on maternity leave. You need to get on birth control. Um, Or we can't afford maternity benefits on our health plan. So we need our employees to be on birth control. Um, It also um, helps with uh, devices. Um, You know, we've already seen where companies have talked about putting tips in hands for certain things to be able to work in the company. Well, you should have the right to be able to refuse if you want that um, tip in your hand. It should not be mandated or required. Um, it, it, you know, just it, I think it comes up with more than just um, vaccines. Um, as like House Bill 248 is just vaccines. Well, this you're almost covered from everything or anything else that's going to happen. Or that they're going to try to mandate in the future. Well, that's
3: good because you know, you know, the 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 longer that you know we go along, the the more they're going to try to uh, control people. You know, one one thing that's become is, is starting to become a big issue now that you know, uh, versus ways uh, in the states you have a lot of these woke companies, uh, especially uh, not all across the country, but also here uh, in Ohio, where I mean, the, the, they said they'll pay for the travel of women to uh, to go to a different state to, to get abortion. It's like, well, wait a minute. And We've got some big companies here, that, um, such as Procter & Gamble. Procter & Gamble, I mean, you can't pretty much buy anything that wasn't <laughs> manufactured right. by, you know, new the, the, the laundry detergent and all, you know, and all that. Um, if you use that, and, you probably got it at least here you know, by Procter & Gamble. And they're saying, you know, it's basically you're making every by that. And here's what I think uh, the law should be passed against. This is, you know, basically you're making every consumer who buys these products a contributor to someone, you know, to to getting a, an, an abortion. Yeah, I mean that's what you're yeah. helping them contribute so that they can travel, uh, so they can get an abortion. So yeah, your tax your tax payer dollars are going to it. But now, as a consumer, if you buy anything from these products and they're, you know, paying people to – or you're paying for their travel so they can go get an abortion, I mean, I mean, you are helping with the fund to get it there by, your, by whatever purchase that you make.
5: And, and the, we um, decided to do medical right to refuse so that we stay out, out away from that. Um such controversial issue um so like if they were going to try to force you to have an abortion, you have the right to refuse that um but we don't want to go um any farther than that because that would be a procedure that you would have a right to refuse um so we yeah we, uh we, we just wanna kinda of stay away from that issue and um oh, focus yeah. no, more know, on. No,
3: this is separate... <laughs> No, I no, I'm talking about a separate issue. I'm not talking about within your uh your right. constitutional amendment. I'm just I'm you no know,
5: I'm 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 just kind of going, you know my I, I, to I, I right <laughs> I personally, in my own opinion, um agree with what you say. <laughs>
3: yeah, there you go. It's uh Yeah, it has nothing to do with what you're, you know, what you're trying to do. It would certainly be a separate, it certainly
5: would be a separate, uh, a separate issue. Right, and um, definitely. So, and um, even the device in the FDA's um, considers a mask as a device, so you even have the right to refuse a mask Um, if they try to put you on a ventilator. Yeah, the right to refuse. Um, so that is what we're trying to do. So it's not just for um, the COVID vaccine. Um, we're trying to look into the future too, trying to just keep our um, individual rights. Uh, that we have the right um, to refuse a procedure that we don't. It should be between um, you and your healthcare provider behind doors and and nobody else's business. Are you still there? Hello? I hear you,
1: Doctor Tolbert okay. but I don't hear Go ahead,
3: Doctor Tolbert.
1: No, I we couldn't hear you answering him her.
3: Oh, I was in the. Well, I was in the green room real quick. Sorry, uh, I was in the green room. Uh, There's a Skype caller who wanted to chime in, so I, w- I, I stuck into to the green room real quick to try to get their name, but they, they didn't answer. So maybe, perhaps they walked away. Yeah, could you go ahead? Go ahead. Uh, go ahead uh, I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Diana. I missed I stuff, miss, well, miss um, so I stuck into to the green room so I get the. Because there was a caller I'll who know. wanted to chime in at the end of the last segment and we want to hurry you know we want to get you in you know on time so i told him i'd I'd be able to bring him back in but uh, just put the one on your number dial if you'd like to you know bring back
5: in go ahead uh, diana um did you hear that i just said that um that we were trying to kind of looking into the future as to what could come up the individual has the right to um, refuse and it should be between them and their health care Provider of choice behind closed doors.
3: Well, see, that's what you know. I mean, I'm not to beat a dead horse with Roe v. Wade, but that's that's why I think the left shows you know, a lot of their hypocrisy. Is you know, I mean, just what you said. They all, they always say that about you know, you know about abortion. Oh, well, it should be between the woman and their doctor. And then when it's when it's you know with the COVID vaccine. It's, it's not between you and your doctor. It's you need. You
5: have to get this, right? Yeah, you this, have, it, to, have to have a passport for, for everybody to know whether you have your vaccine or not. And right. so that and that it is it just silly. kind of what what we're trying to um, stop because um, we have that right as um, we have that God-given right. As Ohio citizens um, to be able to refuse treatment
3: yeah and that's um, yeah it's the whole you know my body my choice right <laughs> again more, more <laughs> hypocrisy where right say, well my body my choice we should be able to get an abortion but they don't, they don't have the same uh, I don't know when you use the word compassion, but they don't have the same mindset when it comes to forcing people to get a, a vaccine, which I well, and I, I think there's enough not, you know, I mean, they're not pushing as much as they were. You're seeing what's really happening with the, with the COVID vaccine and how effective it, it really has become. I mean, I really feel sorry for a lot of people who either, A, felt forced to do it, B, did it because they get extra money from their work. I mean, I know employees – Employers are giving a thousand dollars to the mm-hmm. now that's before taxes and a thousand dollars to their employees for getting a vaccine. I mean, know, uh, I, I I'm I I've never got vaccinated and I never will. Um, I mean, I've got your other ones when I was a kid, but I mean this COVID vaccine, um, I'll never get it. You know.
5: Right, and um, yeah, my husband's employer was one that offered a thousand dollars and then employees were upset because that was before taxes and then they only ended up with like $600. But, um, yeah, and it it saddens me that um, people who really didn't want to get it um, and ended up getting it because they just need to keep their jobs and keep their livelihoods. Well,
0: right.
5: in Ohio, you should be able to work and not be afraid of losing your livelihood and being able to raise your family. Um that in in that what being um free Americans is about is um you know, working, playing, raising your family and um not being dictated um, what you should and should not do by the government or businesses.
3: Fourth schools for that matter, I mean, my alma mater for college uh, was, that, and Kelly, I'm going to bring you in uh, after this comment. Uh, yeah, I mean, like my alma mater for college was, you know, stated that, you know, if you were going to remain being a student at their, at their college, at their university, you had to get vaccinated. And I, I mean, as soon as I heard that, I called them because my daughter was planning on, was you know, at least as an option, was considering, you know, getting her master's degree at this university. And I called them. I said, you know, if you keep, you know, I said, my daughter was, pl- I told them, I said, my daughter was planning on, you know, getting her master's degree here. But now that you've got this vaccine mandate for a student, you're no longer a consideration for her, her master's degree, for her, her graduate degree. But let's go ahead and uh, bring Kelly in. he has got uh, some comments here. Chloe, perhaps some questions. Thank you very much, uh, Kelly. Go ahead.
4: Let me play uh, socialist, all right? Okay. Comrade, comrade, Com- comrade Diana,
0: what is wrong with?
4: Don't you understand, comrade, that the needs of the collective outweigh the needs of the individual? The needs of the collective, comrade, outweigh the needs of the individual, and the rights of the individual. Comrade, shouldn't the state have every right to take, force you to take the mark of the
0: beast?
5: Um. I believe that God give you that you're inalienable rights to uh, do your own research and decide upon yourself um, what you should be able to do um, when it comes to what they're mandating. It should not be mandated. Um, we're smart enough. Aren't you smart enough to make your own decisions? I sure
4: hope so. <laughs>
5: yeah. So my problem,
4: my, I'm actually, a, I'm actually, ahead, uh, yeah, I'm actually libertarian, and uh, individual rights are absolutely paramount. Roe versus Wade overturned, hooray, because it's a states' rights issue. The founding generation was highly Christian. If they weren't Christian, they were influenced highly by the Christian culture. Why didn't they, in the con- federal Constitution, why didn't they outlaw Uh, Homosexuality and abortion Because it was a state's rights issue And of course the founders knew That if you didn't like what was going on In one state You could move to another state That would more respect the individual rights That's the obvious Today I escaped California for a little bit I went into Oregon And I was wondering if I'd run into any of these protesters we're so mad about Roe versus Wade, we're going to bust windows and destroy businesses. Like, how is that helping anyone? Right. I would just walk up to one and say, "Hey, you know, you're in Oregon and you still have the right to an abortion. So why are you protesting?" Well, uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense, folks. So <laughs> yeah, this is a strange world when uh, government. Oh, I, I get so upset with about the uh, vaccines for uh, mandated vaccines. And he, Robert, you asked about. Uh, California a little bit ago, and Newsom survived the recall. I'm not so sure about our election system here, especially with the uh, supply chain uh, from China, with all the components we have from China, but that's for another time, and the map I put together. But basically, you, t- you want to talk about the angry mom club, um, this is horrifying. Are you going to mandate vaccines? And then you're going to get a whole tribe of moms. I mean, my gosh, give them swords and pitchforks and guns. Maybe California would change their mind. Of course, we would never see angry moms do something like that, or maybe we would if they're pushed hard enough. But I, I went to these angry mom groups. They are mad as a hornet. And uh, by the way, I have some information about uh, kids under 18 from theirs. Uh, it's been at least 126 deaths from um, from the vaccine reported by theirs, There's a specific story I can read to you. Give me about five seconds. I'll try to fill while I'm discussing this. But I'm with a group called the COVID-19 Research Team. Here it is. And here we go up here. It's a horrifying story, okay, about a girl that died within a few days after the shot. Um, I forget got so much going on. All
5: right. But they probably Everybody didn't count, really count it news. because it later. was within 28 things. days.
4: Uh, a 7-year-old girl in Massachusetts, this is VAERS ID number two hundred three eight one two zero. a 7-year-old girl in Massachusetts who received her second dose January 13th and was reported to VARES on January 15th, severe nausea and vomiting from five minutes post-vaccination and for the next 8 to 10 hours. Spiked 103 fever, severe stomach ache stomach ache, has not had a bowel movement since the day before vaccination, which makes today three days without one. First vaccine caused severe nausea and vomiting from five minutes post injection and for the next eight to ten hours. This little girl, again seven years old, suffered immeasurably four to five days as her intestines shut down. To likely to the impeded blood vessels serving intestines. So that's, it's also a Massachusetts death certificate, 2022 SFN 5980. So this is horrifying. I can tell you more stuff. Why are we doing this? Didn't God allow our immune system to handle these things? This, this, is, this is out of control. I am so in admiration for what you're doing um, and this is – more people rise up in different states. You guys could be the example for the rest of the nation, except California. But, I mean, we're – anyway, someday I'll escape permanently. But, anyway. Um,
5: well, that's but kind yeah, of what I'm, what I'm
4: really hoping. I hope you guys have funding and seek out funding. Uh, if you get um, – some of these professional signature gatherers, they charge – uh, these, gal- these signatures, each signature, the gatherers can get anywhere from three to five to fifteen dollars a signature, depending upon the issue, and that would motivate people. You just have to be well funded. This would motivate people, and you'd get these signatures. I mean, you know, what would you rather do—minimum wage job or say three dollars? You get a hundred signatures in a day—that's three hundred bucks, uh, five hundred bucks, five bucks a signature are you Are you finding multimillionaires who are funding your cause?
5: um this is actually so far is all Ohio citizens volunteer and there are zero funds. Um, so um, most things have come out of our pocket. Um, we're discussing today since we're really just an Ohio citizen group, and we don't have um you know, like a 503c, like what what we can do to be able to get donations, um, to be able to do more things. Um, we actually, we just put out like shirts today. You can purchase on Amazon for fifteen dollars, um, plus sales tax if it's relevant. Um, shipping was free for mine, but um, we just did that today. So you could go Amazon, look up medical right to refuse t-shirts, and um, that should pop up. Um, but as the donation things, it'd be awesome if there was anybody that's a multimillionaire and um, would love to see this go through and to help us. Um, but again, it's just all citizens coming together hoping um, that we could make this effort work and get on the ballot. It's, soon as we as we can
0: i i would encourage you
4: to not be shy in asking for literally millions in california some estimates to get something on the ballot of course we got
0: 30
4: what 35 million people but in california to get a statewide initiative um estimates are 20 to 30 million dollars um well that that includes some of the campaigning as well Campaign funding, so I, right. I would encourage you, and I think the funds would be there if you have if you have a GoFundMe. Whoops, don't go GoFundMe; they shut down the truckers in Canada. But whatever kind of um, web, I hope you have uh, a web designer. I'm sure you probably do, but you get a well-paid web funder, a web designer, if you will, do your web page, and you're going to get the money coming in. And, and I, 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 I'm I'm encouraging it, to not. Be shy. Treat it like a business. Your time is valuable. I mean, activists like myself, we can go broke doing activism. That's just the right. way it is. And you know, we're. Gee, how do we pay our next bill? Um, oh gosh, that was so nice. Somebody paid, bought me lunch today. You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
4: So I, I, I really encourage you to really, you know, even pray about it. Just don't be shy. in Proverbs, Tolman can back me up on this one. The Proverbs. It says a worker is is wage. When you look at how they uh, rebuilt the temple, Hezekiah, they paid the workers. They paid the workers to rebuild the temple. So this is, uh, you know, go get them, girl. You go. You go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
5: Um, Yeah, I will have to uh, look into that. And I do know that there are people or businesses out there that actually you pay them to get the signatures. But it, of course, I think it was $2 million and, uh, I don't have that. I'm just a middle-class citizen that goes to work every day. Um, trying to do the best that we can. And, um, you know, but yeah, I didn't even think about, um, of course, it's not GoFundMe, but it was the other one that the truckers went that we could get funds to um, be able to uh, get more signatures. Cool. Yeah, that's a- –
3: yeah, I mean, and, and we're in Ohio. I mean, there, I know there's going to be some deep hobby I mean, just even here where you, know, where you guys are based. You're based in Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, I, I know there's got to be some, some millionaires based in Cincinnati, and there's some you know well-connected people. It's just it's just finding them. Uh, now they may want to be anonymous, and of course, you know, someone's going to have to be, you know, you know the financial overseer and be responsible. You know, be the tre for those large amount of money. There would have to be some type of treasurer. I would imagine, you know, keep track of all right. the funds and the distribution of funds. So someone who's also legally savvy, but not only finding, you know, the rich people, also finding probably more attorneys. I know they have attorneys that they talk with. They maybe find attorneys who would otherwise, uh, you know, know how, you know, to handle that kind of influx of, uh, you know, that kind of influx of money. So, right, and plus I know you're deep. The old country's oversight. Because, you know, you know the, the, the liberals are probably all over trying to find ways to see if there's any type of shenanigans or fraud or anything. Right. So um,
4: here's a tip for finding – ask someone who can ask somebody who knows a professional. Professionals have clients, like real estate agents. They know people who have a lot of money. I've had many multimillionaire clients, um, real estate accountants. Um, just ask the professionals, different professionals, and – you know, somebody who asks somebody, and uh, even if they only, you know, you get 10 guys that donate 5000 there's 50000 You get 10 guys that donate 100000 there's a half a million. And I would encourage you, if, when, when the funding is there, that you, you do this full time because that's what it's going to take.
5: Right. And I, I actually have an employer who would be willing to help with that. <laughs>
3: Um, There that uh, is uh, Dr. Tolbert's got uh, to go for the evening We certainly appreciate uh, you coming on Dr. Tolbert Uh, But before you go Do you have any closing comments That you'd like to uh, state Before uh, uh, leaving us for the night
1: No I think You know where you're going In the chapter 21 Is basically the same thing Of the rights of an individual You know, when we went into Roe versus Wade and we went against the Supreme Court and we went into the state rights, where the issue even goes farther than the state rights. And everybody's talking about putting it on the ballot and, you know, the state's rights to agree or disagree. And we came down in the last words is that three doctors says that a woman will die if she doesn't have an abortion or the woman will live you know, if she has an abortion. And all all these factors came down to the fact that the woman making a decision and the man making a decision, which many people aren't allowing under equality of the man's rights and the woman's rights being equal, that the vaccine is not the right of the federal government or the state government, but it is an individual's right the same as the right of having or not having a baby. You know, my stand, of course, on abortion is very biblically ingrained, but I use only the terminology of the Constitution and the violation of the federal government and also the state. So when you look at the Constitution, you go in to the First Amendment, you know, your right to speak, your right to do this, your right to believe, and then, of course, the complete violation of our health care, uh, how the federal government's involvement over the state uh, in health care, the federal government's violation of education. Uh, this is also all being noted in chapter two, or not chapter two, volume two of systematic theology, that only not following the Constitution, they have no understanding. So when you have to take 400,000, 500,000 people to get a right uh, that is your equality right, you have a right to refuse, uh, and you're going to put it on a uh, ballot, uh, and they agree that you have a right uh, not to take, why do you need to have a constitutional right to avoid dying? I mean, it just gets really, really involved. Uh, A lot of people have to narrow it down. So I agree what is being done is correct. Uh, I sometimes, though, disagree what we're doing with our amendments because I'm the one that says Amendment 11 through 27 of the U.S. Constitution should be totally eliminated, the summation of the seven articles and the Bill of Rights Uh, should explain that they're covered and here's where Amendment 11 through 27 are covered already, Um, you know, and go into your own state constitution and you look at the Constitution of Ohio and you get into, well, it already says in this amendment or in this article, what we're saying to clarify is already covered. So I'm going to close with you guys now. Uh, Again, systematic theology through the spiritual eye you go into the, um, your Google, pull up Dr. Charles Frederick Tolbert, Charles Frederick Tolbert, Systematic Theology uh, through the Spiritual Eye, or you go to uh, calltoduty.org, my website, and you can click on and order the book. Uh, Kelly, you and uh, Robert will get one, uh, two books in the next coming days. Uh, I appreciate, Robert, your ability to talk to me, and at your convenience tomorrow, uh, give me a call, would you please?
3: Yeah, certainly. And then I'll get uh I'll get you my address and tell it are hand the of back, just get uh text of yours and I can get it so we can get to the folks. I really appreciate it.
1: I, I appreciate the time being able to speak tonight. And Diane, you're doing an exact job of your assignment. Uh, keep your vision on it, focus, follow one course until successful. When you succeed on this one, there's another one for you to do. So start looking where you're gonna be political in the next three to five years and how you will be part of the state senate and you will make decisions that won't need all this writing that you're doing now god bless you
5: thank you so much
3: well, we'll take care well, Good to think. hear from Dr. we haven't had him on for a while so it was, uh glad he's uh, been able to find some time with all the the work he's been doing uh when he's, uh you know overseas i don't know exactly where i think he mentioned something about brazil but um but, it's, you know, great to have him, uh, you know, back onto the program. And uh, I, I do see where, you know, I mean, we've got, you know, we've got Tom getting ready to go into the extra time here. Uh, I know uh, we had a couple, you know, callers that want to chime in. Uh, uh, if you'd like to chime in again, just push the one on your number dial.
5: Uh, we'll get you in. Uh, but do
3: you have any uh, anything else you wanted to add uh, for us tonight, uh, Diana?
5: No, I just appreciate, Dr. Is it Tolbert? Yeah. Um, no. For what he says, um, I took a Constitution class, and um, I personally, um, in the Ohio Constitution, it says if nothing is listed, and I, it's not verbatim because I don't have it in front of me, but if um, it is not listed here within the Constitution, all rights revert back to the people. And... Uh, there is nothing in the Constitution that states that businesses are allowed to mandate medical treatments. Yeah, or still, but,
3: that's another thing I to, Yeah, I want to put out yeah, because I mean, when I start seeing colleges, uh, you know, do that as well, uh, and I was kind of surprised because my, my my alma mater is a, a Jesuit, you know, you know, Christian, you know, university, uh, and then to see them do something like that, but. Um, there are some ways that, unfortunately, some Catholic and also some, uh, you know, Jesuits, they're, they're kind of moving more towards the left than what they used to be. Unfortunately, uh, I don't know if the, the the church has been infiltrated, you know, by the left, just like almost everything else and every other institution has
5: been. And, but but who knows? Not
3: all, you know. Gonna, right. Well,
5: the law the, the law seems to follow case law now instead of the constitution and case law isn't always right doesn't sometimes case law is actually unconstitutional so it's that uh,
3: you know, you know, it give us an update and we definitely want to have you back on uh dinah to you know give more updates on you know what's going there and then certainly folks i do think that Again, not only in Ohio, I think what you know, Diane's has should certainly be adopted by you know, people in other states. Uh and we certainly appreciate you working hard and you know, yeah, maybe you should run for office one day yourself, uh you know, Diana, after you get all, all this done and you know, when you're when you're running, you know, this goes through, you know, you could put that on your resume for <laughs> you know, uh, for being uh, a commercial. Oh, this is what I did. Vote you know, you can vote for me.
5: Um right. At this point in time, I have no uh, political aspirations. Uh, I just want to stand up for um, the people. um, My daughter is an RN, and she actually had to find a different job because they refused her medical and religious exemption. Um, And I have grandbabies, so I am doing it for them. Um, But I don't know, maybe down the road that might be a possibility, but... Currently, I have no aspirations <laughs> of um, politics.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Kelly's got something you want to bring up. Kelly, we got a caller in the green room uh, that we're going to uh, perhaps bring in uh, there. I'll get uh, your name. That's uh, HarryK314. I'll be bringing to the green room uh, momentarily. If uh, the volume goes dead and then you hear, uh, hear me, that's just a press in the green room. Get your name. But Kelly, I know there's something you want to, to bring up. We were going to last week or really a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but if you want, just go ahead and uh, We've got, we got plenty of time. We're going to be in what we, love, what we call Bard's Logic After Dark, which is the third hour. But uh, Kelly, go ahead, and then I'm going to be, uh, I'll get, you, get you started, and then I'm going to head into the green room for a, a few minutes. But go ahead, Kelly. And you're welcome to stay on in as well, Diane, if you want to talk. You know, hear more about what Kelly's got uh, for us. Go ahead, Kelly.
4: Okay, uh, you go to Mike Lindell's website, Lindell TV, you will see a declaration uh, by a cybersecurity expert. His name is Sean Smith. Well, what is the court case going on? It's Kerry Lake versus Hobbs. This is Arizona, but is filed in federal court. And so Kerry Lake, the gubernatorial candidate, which I guess will be on next week from what you told me, be on the show. Um, the uh, she's suing over the elections. Um, Sean Smith put together in his declaration, 69 pages, is, is absolutely stunning, concerning, and bothersome. It discusses uh, Dominion vote counting machines and other vote counting machines, but he traces real, back real the quick, origin I, of parts. Real
3: quick, real, 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 real quick, Kelly programming note. Uh, if you're called in, since we're getting ready to go on to Bard's Logic After Dark, do not uh, uh, let your uh, phone die or, or hang up, because unfortunately we'll not be able to call in uh, to hear the rest of the program, so keep on the line. Uh, we do have Bianchi on the line. He does want to you know, talk more about what you uh, were discussing, with Diana, so if you could stay on a little bit longer to uh, you know, talk with Bianchi, it would be appreciated. Uh, but, again, sure. just keep on the line, folks. Uh, if you'd like to bring that up, but we will bring you on shortly after what we've got here with Kelly. Go ahead, Kelly.
0: Okay. So,
4: Sean Smith works military, cybersecurity, cybersecurity expert. He, after retirement, he worked as a consultant for the military. Um, his focus was testing electronic systems like missile systems, etc., and some ground-based um Satellite systems, you know, stuff on the ground. I mean, basically, there's five countries that supply electronic components to uh, our country. China, obviously, Korea. Let me get my map out here. The map that I put together from this court case, because that doesn't – most people don't read court cases. But basically, you have the Philippines, Brazil, Malaysia, South Korea, and China, or the PRC, People's Republic of China. And the, uh, there's at least 20 electronic components from China. There's three motherboards. China sends electronic components to Brazil that manufacture one motherboard. It goes to Dell in Texas. Dell manufactures the Dominion vote-counting machines. So Dell sends it to Dominion, say in Colorado or Omaha, I'm not sure which office. Dominion adds vote-counting software and sends it all over the country. I wish I had time to explain to you um, how uh, scathing it is on the weaknesses of state and federal government to really look into these machines. And he noted that there are vulnerabilities even with CISA. That's the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, the top agency in our country, has vulnerabilities. Why? Because of supply chain issues, things that are embedded – Uh, for the benefit of nation states that want to get advantages from the United States. Tech, Tech industries, technology getting stolen, it's several industries, not just the electronic election system. His concluding sentence is, our public officials and public are hearing almost exclusively what is simply not true, that our voting systems are both securable and secure. Signed under penalty of perjury, Sean Smith. And so we have a real big problem here. And I also have some other I, – I don't have time. I have to go see a friend. And uh, so just on out today, I have to be careful what I say, but you're going to find it. It will be national news next week. There is a secretary of state who you can imagine the states that had election problems. They're going down. I wanted to get that on the record. I have inside info. I'm not going to tell you how, but you're going to hear it on the national news next week. A Secretary of State who loves Dominion, certified it on his own accord without approval from the legislature or the other regulatory bodies. Secretary of State is going to be, well, I'll just say his political career is over. So you're going to find that out next week. Inside information, that's all I can tell you right now. Very good news. Um so it might be in perfect timing when <laughs> Carrie Lake comes on the show next week. That's
5: awesome. So, yeah. yeah be the we're I'll we're be gonna
3: get there. some so victories we'll here. We'll be, yeah, we'll be yeah, she's coming on Monday, July twenty fifth. Go ahead.
4: Oh, Monday, so a week from Monday, okay.
3: Yeah, we'll all right. Be cool. yeah, I'll be actually on a family vacation. My 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 one once a year family vacation uh so we'll there we'll, won't we'll be a show unfortunately next week, but she's uh he's gonna be on for a special edition on July uh twenty fifth, which is a Monday. Same time, eight PM and
4: Okay. Um, awesome. I gotta go. Um thank you, uh Diana for doing what you're doing and thanks Robert and I guess we'll see you a week from Monday.
5: Thanks for your suggestions, too. I greatly appreciate it.
4: Yeah, study that about the workers, and it says low. They probably had something to do with being funded. So, Right. All right. Well, all
3: right. Uh, good night, folks.
5: Thank you. Good night. Good night, Kelly.
3: And let's go ahead and bring on uh, Bianca. You want to, uh, to have some comments on what uh, Diane is working on. Thank you very much, Bianca. How you been? Uh, thank you for coming to the
2: show. I'm doing fine. <clears throat> Hopefully you are too. But uh, the lady made a good point. Yeah, the lady made a good point. And people don't understand and can't relate to the fact that it's the states that give the federal government its powers. And like you hear Joe Biden supposed to do an executive order for abortion. Well, your executive orders cannot circumvent what states put in place. And I don't know why come states don't do that. They need to draw the line. I mean, this idea of flying illegals into your state borders to your airports—they could stop that. The federal boundaries start from when you walk to the sea, and the moment your feet get wet, walk back by twenty feet. It depends on the tide. That's the national borders, and beyond that, you're in a state. The states got a right to protect their borders and another thing like the gentleman just got through talking one way to stop this cheating that we've seen in the last two years is to separate the state and local from the federal ballot federal ballots should be required a certain vetting system identification When that ballot is cast, when those ballots are counted, they should be counted right there on the spot, not shipped 50 miles off someplace. You don't know what the heck happened. They should be counted right there on the spot, put in precautions to make sure that everything is above board, The tally should be called in and witnessed by people on both ends of the phone call. And let the states do whatever the heck they want to you know, typically, unless people within the states fight in order to make things change. So that's my recommendation.
3: Go
5: ahead, dodd I was just going to thank him. Um, yeah, if you read the book, Lesser of the, Lesser of the Magistrate, I believe, um, the, it just shows that each level actually in the constitution we the people are on the top then the states then the federal um, government whereas the federal government wants you to think that it's federal government the state and then maybe we the people um but even your smaller towns and your counties could even have more authority um than the state but um yeah we need to get back to know that the federal government doesn't rule all and actually some of the sorry the dogs um and actually um they don't have half the rights that um that per the constitution that they think they do well
3: i think you know hopefully you know a little bit surely you know we all you know it is coming back to uh, the power of the states, and not only that, and then moving in the right direction. You know, power to we the people. You know, we've called uh, you know Bard's Logic the grassroots We the People show since its inception, you know, 2012, and you know we're 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 sticking with that uh, because, and that, that's why it's called you know Bard's Logic and not you know my name show. You know, it's not you know like named after me. It's it's Bard's Logic because it's, it is about We the People is what's important to, to you guys and to, you know, to us as a nation, as these United States of America. Uh, and you know what else?
2: You know what else? All officials, whether they're working for public works in your town, professors, teachers, all of them should have to take and pass a constitutional test. Hey, when right. people come into the country wanting to become citizens, they have to take those tests. They need to be tested because they are swearing to uphold and defend something they don't really know anything about, and it shows in their actions. If they can't pass the test, then they don't apply. They can't be qualified for the position that they're going for. need to get back to that. And more importantly, teach your children. The children should be taught these things. Everything from the Constitution, to Articles, of Confederation, Federalist and Anti-Federalist papers. Then, when they get of age, you can expect them to operate and behave totally different than we see so many in society acting today. Thank you very much.
3: Thanks. Well, no, you're correct. I uh, know. I agree with you. And they they don't teach that anymore. And why is that? It's because academia. Yes, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I mean, we've had, uh, you know, academia is, you know, the, lip, the left has taken over how they've taken over the churches, at least they're starting to, it seems like, and some, uh, they're also, we've known for decades they've taken over academia, and they don't want it to, they do not want to teach that. They do not want our uh, our children to know that. Oh, and then his, uh, his call dropped after that, I wanted him to hear that. Um, and we are in uh, what we call BART's logic after dark, so you won't be able to uh, chime back in. but we are going, you know, we did go over uh, more so than what we have been. We we used to be doing, you know, three hours each uh, night is for people who are long-term listeners. So we certainly appreciate it. Uh, but, you know, we have, uh, for a couple reasons, uh, shortened the length of the show. One, I know uh, it's easier for people to spend one, two hours listening to a podcast instead of three. And plus, uh, your host here has been doing... I used to do my own campaigning, uh, but now that, my, you know, my election's over. And unfortunately, I lost only two uh, two votes uh, by an incumbent, so I didn't do too bad. This is the first time I ever ran for anything, and my uh, my opponent was a, you yeah. know, well-known, well-established <laughs> candidate. Uh, but I have been uh, volunteering for uh, a couple other, actually, you know, two, maybe been picking up another two candidates. Uh, that I'm gonna be trying to do some, some volunteering for. I've been uh you know, so that's been cutting into some some time as well. Uh, but then yes, as I say it I'll be uh on vacation next week on my, my annual family vacation. Uh, so we won't be here next week but we are looking forward to having uh Terry Lake on who is running for the gubernatorial uh primary for Republican Party in uh, Arizona. Uh, she is uh, endorsed by uh, Donald Trump. who so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and we'll be interested to have her on for the uh, for interview and discussion. But before we go for this evening, uh, Diana, I just want to see if you had any closing comments uh, before we close out the show for the night. Go ahead.
5: Um, I just want to say, you know, re- to go to the right. To number two refuse.com um, sign up to receive emails there's a packet there that you can download get signatures even if you could get five but ask those five to get five signatures um, they'll um, they'll uh, grow exponentially um, and uh, thank you for your support we are on Facebook at medical right to refuse Ohio if you um, if you're on Facebook um, so, uh, we'll, hopefully we'll just keep continuing to grow. Um, this is a new experience. So there will be some growing pains that we just started this kickoff that we uh, greatly, uh, greatly appreciate every citizen that's, uh, standing behind us. They're technically in front you of do- us because you guys are running the show. <laughs>
3: Well, certainly, no. and just a little uh, disclaimer there, folks, uh, since this is a, a national, a, international show, uh, for you to sign That's the petition, Ohio. you must be a resident uh, of Ohio. I know we got listeners yeah. from literally around the country. You've heard Bianchi from Missouri, and then you have uh, Kelly from, you know, California, and Dr. Colbert's calling from overseas. But you have to be a resident of Ohio to sign the petition. Uh, but if you are, certainly do that. Or, But if you're not from Ohio, certainly still check out the website uh, because, as we said, I mean, this is uh, a movement that I think every state should, you know, should follow. Every state should use this as a, a groundwork for, you know, doing this in your state.
5: Uh, but I just want to thank everyone
3: uh, for coming tonight. Go ahead, uh, Diana.
5: I was just going to say, it's literally three sentences. So it's short, it's small, to the point. And every state, any state, should pick it up. Um, if anybody would have any questions, they could also email Diana, D-I-A-N-A, at medicalright the number 2 com. It'll go to an email, and um, I would be more than glad to answer any questions and get back with you. No,
3: certainly. Yeah. And text me those websites as well. I'll, I'll put that on the description here. Uh, for tonight's okay. podcast, and now uh, of course I, I do want to thank that. Dr. Tolle for coming on and talking about his book. I can't wait to uh, to be able to, to read it. Uh, I love books and I collect books, so it's definitely going to be a, a great uh, addition to my collection. Uh, so I want to thank you, Diana, for you know for coming on uh, with your information. We can't you know can't wait to hear you back again for updates. And then of course looking forward okay. to our special Monday edition on July 25th. Uh, We have on, uh, we'll have on Arizona Gubernatorial, Republican candidate, Carrie Lake, uh, so we're looking forward to that as well. Uh, So, certainly, folks, uh, we do appreciate you sharing the show, whether uh, you share it on the different uh, podcasts. Uh, We're on iHeartRadio. We're also on uh, CastBox, uh, and we're also on, uh, you know, Apple, you know, podcasts and things of that nature. I do. I do have a few episodes actually on Spotify. Uh, I got it. That's a lot of work. Greatly, if you don't know behind the scenes, it's a lot of work to get an episode uh, of a podcast, especially one of, the, of this nature, onto uh, Spotify. There's a lot of editing that you have to do, and it is pretty time consuming to do that. So that's why you don't see a lot of episodes on there yet. Uh, but who knows? Maybe if I ever find time, I'll be able to get it get more on there. But anyway, I will uh, close out tonight, as I do every night, and that is with uh, the song by Aubrey Ashburn. Uh, she's not doing music anymore. I believe she's still doing painting, at least the last time I looked in on it. Uh, one, one day I'll have uh, one of her paintings. Uh, but anyway, we interviewed her years ago. So but enjoy uh, The Click uh, by Aubrey Ashburn, and have a good night, and we will see you on July the 25th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you, folks, and good
5: night. Good night.